Welcome to episode nine of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am still here, your host, Kofi Outlaw, and still riding with me is Matthew Mueller. Wow. <laughs> I got stuck on your name a little bit there. I got stuck. Are you sure I'm still here for the last show? Do you recognize me? <laughs> I don't know. I got stuck on your name a little bit. I got stuck uh, on your name. Oh, it's all good. What's up, everybody? And still out in... Apparently, we're going to have a uh, be out for a while is our third host, Brandon Davis. He's out in the field doing a bunch of uh, crazy stuff for us that he's going to bring back for springtime for you guys. But that means we're going to have a rotating series of hosts with our wonderful comic book staff. We've already had two. And now here's our third host from the staff pool, anime queen herself, Megan Peters. Konnichiwa. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Wow, that I mean, <laughs> here we go. if you're gonna introduce me as anime queen, like I, mean, I gotta I mean, yeah, but I gotta show I mean, out. that's like a fitting description of, it's a good of title. what yeah. What goes I mean it was that or like a solid Kamehameha, but I have to work up to that. Okay. No one knows. What's me my yet. title? You didn't make a still cool, here. Still here is that's your probably my yeah, title. Still that's here. That's still fair. here. That's no, fair. Power Rangers expert or Power Rangers or is that my thing? Ranger. Yeah. I just, I just was like you and Zach Ryder should <laughs> hey, there are worse cool. things. All there are right. worse things. Thank you very much. So, getting into what we're actually going to be doing today, we are going to take a trip back through the Oscars, which were just held this weekend. We are going to discuss the new Detective Pikachu trailer, which is just filled with Pokemon and all kinds of good stuff that Megan's going to help us break down. And we're going to get into something a little serious this week and talk about something that's going on in the industry the controversy surrounding review bombing. So, Comic Book Nation, let's get to it. First up, before we get into anything we talk about, I'm just going to drop a quick PSA from time to time. I'm going to do this. Um, just a reminder that as of today, we are just two months away from Avengers Endgame hitting theaters. Uh, Marvel dropped a nice little teaser. Uh, didn't show if anything. Don't expect anything like that. Uh, just to remind us that, yeah, we're in the two-month countdown to when Endgame is going to hit theaters. Which is crazy. I mean, the time has gone so fast yeah, I know. from when Infinity War was here. But, I mean, it's, like, been slow and fast at the same time. But, um, yeah. And I think I wrote about it in the, in the article that's on the site about this kind of two-month teaser. But at this point, this is all I need is just remind me, like, now there are seven weeks. Now yeah. there are six <laughs> weeks. Don't show me anything. I don't need to see another trailer. I don't need the usual kind of But you don't onslaught. want to even? You don't even want no, to I don't see a little bit to. of footage? No, ah, I don't. I, I thought about it when I was seeing that two months, and I'm like, if we're at two months now, and we've gone this long and not seen anything, like, let's just finish it out. Why not? Eh. Eh. But, I mean, I don't want, like, but remember Marvel marketing? Like, right now, we're saying this in the context of living in a slew of Captain Marvel yes. TV spots that are hitting us now, like, every hour, and we're covering over here at comicbook.com, and I just don't need that for Endgame. We're all going to see this movie. Oh, yeah. Just absolutely. keep showing me the Super Bowl spot, or show me another 15-second spot just like that that's just from the beginning of the movie, Yeah. and just let's keep it moving. But I don't even need it anymore. But uh, just a reminder, two months, guys, and then we're going to have plenty to talk about on this podcast when we get to that. We're going to start planning a kind of Avenger-sized episode, I guess. But uh, that's Can we, have, a, can we have an in-game like, cheese party, like something like that? Some kind I, of cool get-together? I sometimes just don't know where you come from. Like, do you really come from <laughs> I mean, Moa? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, there could be like trivia what? involved. Like an Avengers potluck. Well, we'll discuss I mean, this behind yeah. the scenes and get Would back you go? to you guys. If, if we had trivia about the Winter Soldier... 
Boom. See? She's up. I'll we'll win, discuss behind but... the scenes and get back to you guys with something actually entertaining <laughs> involving all this in I'm the good. coming weeks. But uh, right now we're going to move on because we're going to talk about the Oscars. We're not going to talk about the whole thing because we don't got time and we don't have care. We're going to talk about the parts that are relevant to us in the comic book nation audience. So let's get it to it. So... For us, if you are a comic book movie, superhero movie fan going into the Oscars this year, of course, there was a lot to be excited about. Marvel was up for not just technical awards this year, but some big awards, including Best Picture of the Year for Black Panther. Um, There was another Marvel movie, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, up for an animated film Oscar. (laughs) And uh, yeah, just a bunch of stuff in between. So let's talk about how it all panned out. And then some of just the fun anecdotes that had to do with like comic books or comic book movie stars during the Oscars. Because there were plenty of them. So first up, um, Black Panther. It did not get Best Picture. Uh, That went to Green Book, which will break down that whole thing. But uh, (laughs) it did win three awards. So it brought home Marvel, the Marvel Cinematic Universe's first Oscars for Best Achievement in Music Written for Most in Pictures, uh, Best Achievement in Costume Design, and Best Achievement in Production and Design, Mm -hmm. which are three that, you know, you thought, okay, yeah, those are, I mean... This was kind of the Oscars where everybody got some kind of participation award, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, all these films were kind of handed something. And, yeah. To be fair, those Black are Panther. more than participation awards. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> those are some pretty solid awards. Yeah, you know what I mean, not man. like, oh, hey, you existed, here's an award. No, no, no. Like, it's pretty good. No, these are, I mean, these are legit yeah. awards by, like, really good talents that, I mean, I always, have, trust me, I have the utmost respect for, like, production designers, costume yeah. designers, mm-hmm. makeup artists. Like, those people really bring the movies alive and they're yeah. unsung heroes. I mean, <laughs> they were going to cut, like, cinematography and makeup from Yeah, I know. I'm amazed yeah. they made the show. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, that would have yeah. been some big moments for Marvel if they cut some of these awards categories, you know, down. Mm-hmm. So that was good. I mean, yeah. So the Marvel Cinematic Universe now has Oscars, which is good. It can now stand alongside the DCEU as an Oscar winner. <laughs> I'm Suicide just kidding. Squad. I'm just trolling. I am just trolling, and I am so sorry. For that. <laughs> oh, you're not sorry. Don't I know. I really apologize. am. No, no, that's pain. No. We don't. We don't need to talk. <laughs> Never apologize for Suicide Squad. So yeah. Um, so Black Panther brought home three for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Sony's Marvel Universe character box or whatever they call it. <laughs> Sony's Universe of Marvel characters the uh, even got its Oscar for mm. uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which I think we all can agree up here. That was like really well-deserved. That movie mm-hmm. should have won. I mean, that was, it gave me a lot of feels. It was one of the best like superhero movies I've saw. And again, I've said it before that, you know, I took my daughter to see that on Christmas Eve and it was like the first time I took, she's been to two movies, like Teen Titans go to the movies and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And this one is the first time I saw like the movie magic in her eyes Mm -hmm. when she saw Spider-Gwen like Mm -hmm. come over the screen. She was kind of running around the theater, but (laughs) when she saw that scene, she was just like, whoa, and like just sat up and like, you know, cuddled up with me and we had a great watch. So I'm very glad that movie won, even though it's going to give Sony way big head. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to be going for some crazy stuff for Venom 2 now. Well, but it did yeah. it did mm-hmm. fine at the box office, right? It's yeah. more critically yeah. acclaimed than commercial. Yeah, definitely. Right? Okay. I mean, I was conflicted because also in the category was Mirai No Mirai, which was an amazing anime film that came out, obviously. Anime queen here after rep. I mean, I saw that movie twice in theaters, but I also saw Spider-Verse like four times, like twice in one day. So my loyalties were very split. But well, that's all Spider-Verse right. I mean, is definitely edging it out. But Mirai, whew, that one I thought... If there was going to be an upset, it would have been that. No, oh, 
Well, I didn't I didn't see that film, so I'm not going <laughs> to It's by the creator of The Girl Who Leapt Through Time, if anyone's familiar with that. It's pretty famous. So that was a good part. Um, there were some bad parts, of course. You know, this is the Marvel fandom, so we can't walk away completely happy with anything. Uh, but there was some sting because Black Panther did. It's not that it just lost Best Picture, but it lost to Green Book, which, I mean, there were several films in the Best Picture that had heavy things to do with blackness or African-American experience or that. Yeah. There's Black Klansman, Black Panther, and Green Book. Which mm-hmm. was my personal vote for Best Picture win. What? Was Klansman. Black yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me too. That's, I, I yeah. kind of wanted Black ah. Klansman to win. I would have taken a favorite. <laughs> yeah. I would have taken Roma for the film school yeah. nerd inside. And if you me. haven't watched Spike Lee's yeah. after interview, you totally should YouTube that. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. oh and there's it's like that amazing. clip of like Chadwick Boseman reacting. Oh, yeah. We're going to get to that. <laughs> <laughs> so Black like, Panther whoo. lost, but Chadwick Boseman managed to maybe win the night or come close, <laughs> runner up for winning the night. With, um, yeah, we put it on the site. There is a wonderful moment of shade when the producers and stars of Green Book are going to the stage because they just got announced as Best Picture winner. <laughs> and you just see in the crowd Chadwick Boseman turn to, I guess, like a friend of his or somebody behind him <laughs> with a look like, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know that Jennifer Lawrence gif? Like, yeah, okay. Like, yeah. Well, one of those. Oh, he may have been turning to look at Cooper. That would make sense. Yeah, I mean, this would only make sense. Yeah, and he was just like, all right, whatever, man. Like, he's ready to go home. The expression is perfect, like, yeah. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, he's a consummate professional, so it's not, like, overly emotional or angry. Yeah. It's like this just snarky, sly, perfect T'Challa <laughs> yeah. look. Like, I do not understand this. Like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that was one great. But I say he was only maybe runner-up for winner of the night because winner of the night pretty much goes to Captain America star, and Megan's personal hero, Chris <laughs> Evans, who, when uh, actress Regina King won for Best Supporting Actress for If Bill Street Could Talk, and she was going to stage and she had a wonderful gown on, but she got, I mean, she was in that moment of Oscar headlights, yeah. uh, deer in headlights moment, and she mm-hmm. kind of started getting tangled in her dress and stumbling. And Chris Evans jumped up out of his seat mm-hmm. and... As a lot of people have noted, because there's been, like, intense breakdown of his entire body language and movements in that moment. But, like, yeah, yeah he didn't Must have been written by Megan. Absolutely. He was, like, <laughs> totally, I mean, Captain America, he didn't try to, like, put his hands on her, grab her waist or do anything. He just, like, put out his arm, let her kind of grab hold of it, and then just helped her onto the stage. And, I mean, it's not like he was, like, hurting for admirers before this moment, yeah. but... Uh, yeah, he just tripled his ad- admiration levels right after that because that's some real life Captain America is right. That there. dude is Captain America. Yeah, I mean, he just is ca- like literally Marvel Studios was like, you yes, we know you are going to metamorphosize into Captain America, and that is exactly what has happened. Yeah, and the beard was there for support and everything. Oh, I mean, the beard! I don't know if he could have knocked Ooh. out that angle of arm support without the beard balancing out his face. <laughs> so oh. that was good that it was oh, there. No. The beard is back. I wish had, someone had warned me because when that came up on my Twitter feed, it was just like you shut my computer and have like an alone moment to just breathe. <laughs> it's back. It's here. At least the mustache is gone. Oh, that was an I did not like that face. But mustache. it was for a movie. It's fine. But I just yeah. was like. Yeah, the mustache <laughs> with the beard is a plea. I just love how Chris Evans is so aware of that mustache being just like a piece of his dark past. Already. I mean, how can you have it? Oh, yeah. Somebody <laughs> used it, somebody used it for like an article about him. And he yeah. went online and was like even making fun of himself. About yeah. Like, what did <laughs> I ever like, do yeah, to yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, it's like, great. well, you grew that mustache. That's what you did. I'm so the, the last bit of controversy surrounding the Oscars and with Marvel fans was, of course, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 1, as we said. But in the speech one of the producers they actually cut off 
you know, the one Oscar speech that got cut off, basically, like majorly cut off, was that. And it was right before he was going to give a whole thank you to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, uh, the creators of Spider-Man. Mm. And so that got cut, and you better believe that Marvel fans noticed. But they did release his statement later, like a bunch of outlets, including us. We picked it up and just said what he was going to say, and it wasn't like a conspiracy or, yeah. or mm-hmm. big time in it. Um, they had a whole thing. It just came at the end, and I think some of the people before him maybe were a little bit too enthusiastic and went on for too long mm-hmm. before getting to that main part you might want to get to. So, yeah, not so much controversy there, but just kind of a, a hiccup. Yeah, a hiccup, uh, a faux pas with Marvel fans. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say fax pass or something like that. Faux pas. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Matt. <laughs> oh, that was a direct attack. Yeah. Wow, that really was. Right. So, yeah. So that's it. I mean, and that's about all we cared about the Oscars, right? Was there anything else? Anybody really? Tina Fey mm-hmm. and Amy Poehler and my Rudolph's thing was cool. Yeah, I mean the general. I took that. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I mean, I mean for the comic book nation people, not not you. You, you said in general. I mean, You're Paul Rudd still hasn't aged in about thirty years, so that's pretty yeah. Great. Paul Rudd hasn't aged. Like, I mean, bless him. I swear to God, that man must go to bed in the quantum realm every night <laughs> and just like pop out <laughs> in a new timeline just to kind of. That's yeah. the secret of Endgame. Yeah, it's he crazy. Just slept in the quantum realm, became super powerful. And yeah. Yeah. We'd love to see him and Pharrell do. Uh, like <laughs> guest, spot on, <laughs> guest spot on what we oh do, God, what we do on like the that shadows. Too. That's just like real life yeah. vampires. That dude forever years. looks twelve. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right, so that's the Oscars, and uh, that's about it. And maybe, hopefully, I mean, after this year, who knows what might happen next year? Maybe more comic book movies. I mean, I could see some. This year that are coming out, definitely, like Joker, I'd be interested I was going to say, Joker's yeah. the one yeah. I'm kind of keyed in on. Um, Joker would be the most, like, archetypal. Endgame gets, I mean, oh, that was a big snub. Oh, we almost left out. Yeah. Avengers Infinity War did not get an Oscar for visual effects. That went to First Man, and you better believe that pissed a lot of Marvel fans off. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a weird debate. Some people are, like, all about it and, like, yeah, Ven- and, you know, Endgame should have gotten in. Other people are, like... No, some of the scenes were shoddy CGI. It didn't deserve it. First man all the way. And it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to weigh in on that. Um, but don't, okay, but don't movies like First Man, you know, things like Gravity, like those movies are very much always in the discussion for like best yeah. visual. Mm-hmm. There's just something about space mm-hmm. and seeing like, it, it's, there's just something about it I think automatically makes it a front runner. Whether it deserves it or not. Mm-hmm. It automatically does. And the scale of the two films is just entirely different with what they were trying yeah. to accomplish with CGI, too. Yeah. So. so we'll let you guys tell us what you think about that Infinity War snub, but we'll see if, if Endgame can't come back around next year and maybe nab a few more for Marvel. We'll see what Joker does for, uh, you know, DC. Mm-hmm. And if there's anything in between, any other projects. Who knows, maybe Shazam. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Moving right along. <laughs> Stay tuned because we're going to break down the new Detective Pikachu trailer and discuss the controversy over review bombing, which is currently plaguing the industry. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, so 
Megan, this is your time to shine. We brought on the queen of anime today to talk about this crazy new Detective Pikachu trailer that dropped. First of all, did we know this was coming today or did it just kind of come out of... Yeah, so Ryan Reynolds graced us, bequeathed us with his presence on Twitter with a beautiful, you know, behind the scenes featurette of how he deeply got into the role of Pikachu. So he did let us know this was coming. Uh, Didn't know exactly when, had a feeling it would be in the morning um, with uh, Pokemon Day coming up this week. You know, excitement for this franchise is just stupid huge right now. And so when it came, fans are ready. We had a poster drop right before um, that had plenty of Easter eggs in it um, for Rhyme City. And then the trailer came and the internet exploded. Yeah, I mean, we were busy just dissecting this poster, like thinking we were Mm -hmm. getting some big insights. And then this whole trailer dropped and it was just like, here it is. Yeah, we were all like, oh, man, this poster is going to have like so much stuff in it. We're like dissecting. We finally found Mewtwo. And when we were so excited, then the trailer drops. And then we have Mewtwo and all of his psychic glory and I'm just like crying because there's my Yeah, child. I mean, talk about like, <laughs> so take us through what we saw in this trailer. I mean, the premise, if you don't know about Detective Pikachu, is like uh, the kid from the Get Down in Bumblebee meets Pikachu, who's Ryan Reynolds, and they're investigating something. And that's about as far as I've gotten. Yes. Uh, this new trailer had, <laughs> but if you're a longtime fan of Pokemon, mm. like this new trailer was, I mean, some crazy reveals, cameos, mm-hmm. Easter eggs, Can you walk us through some of that? So, I mean, basically this trailer begins with the reveal that we finally get a Pikachu. So we've been wondering what's going on other than the fact that, you know, this thing sounds like Ryan Reynolds, which is both hilarious and disconcerting. But I'm still going to (laughs) pay to see it. Uh, We learned that, you know, this Pikachu has amnesia. It only knew to go to this apartment um, belonging to a detective named Harry where, you know, we meet Harry's son, Tim, and we're trying to figure out where Harry went. He's missing. He's presumed dead, actually, in a car crash. But Pikachu, mm -mm, he doesn't think that's the case. So. So we're trying to find Harry. Well, Tim wants to know where his dad is. Pikachu wants to get his memories back. And then all while this is happening, Pokemon are going missing all throughout Rhyme City. And most importantly, it seems like some of them are just going on rampages. We see a couple shots of Charizard, which we've seen before, um, going crazy, as well as an Apom, who is, like, adorable usually. So please don't think all Apoms are scary. (laughs) They're actually really cute, the little purple monkey creatures. Um, They just start going crazy. And, and that's where, like, the purple eyes come from, right? Yeah, yeah. So so the biggest thing, probably to, the theory to pull from this, because I'm a conspiracy theorist on all things Pokemon, real talk, is that in the, in the clips we see, like, Charizard and Apom, they have these, like, glowing purple eyes. That's not usual. That's not what they're supposed to have. Um, no spoilers for anything in the game, but there is a relationship um, in the lore of Pokemon for what reasoning that could be and it has to do with Mewtwo and so then when Mewtwo appeared at the end of the trailer fans were curious about how Mewtwo might be you know orchestrating this entire thing because if you know anything about the you know the original anime movie that Mewtwo appeared in yeah actually that's like the one thing I actually saw yeah I mean if you've seen the the Pokemon the movie you know Mewtwo has like a serious grudge against humanity and Pokemon and their relationship with one another you know he doesn't like trainers kind of exerting their will over Pokemon. And Rhyme City is the kind of inaugural, like, representative city of, like, Pokemon and humanity, like, living in harmony. So for him to target that place is pretty telling, if that's exactly what's going on. Um, we didn't get to see much of Mewtwo other than him just wrecking what looks like a Macy's Thanksgiving Day <laughs> Pikachu balloon. Poor balloon. A poor balloon. Like, rip. That's so expensive. Like, uh, we don't really know what he's doing, but if he's willing to destroy that piece of American 
treasure. <laughs> uh, he can't be can't be doing anything too great. So so far, I mean, I find it. I kind of find it like you stated it. Uh, it's going to be funny to have Ryan Reynolds doing this voice, but it's also kind of disconcerting because mm. I'm just like I grew up loosely around the original anime series when it aired on American TV. Mm-hmm. Like I was a little bit. I was like in high school, so I was into like other things mm-hmm. than that at the time. But, you know, I was still close enough to, like, middle schoolers and stuff who were obsessed with this to kind of just get mm-hmm. the gist and catch a few episodes here and there. And this is, I mean, just, you, I'm used to hearing Pikachu have a specific voice and only saying things like, you know, Pika Pika and all that stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, different tones with that. So this is kind of going to be really weird experience in that sense. Mm-hmm. But it is Ryan Reynolds, and there's a thing, like, where he's saying, get me the hell out of here in one scene in the trailer. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, it's kind of funny to add to Pikachu that I can see it being very charming. I got to say, I mean, the live action adaptation of Pokemon in the movie is really good mm-hmm. in how they've created this almost like seamless uh, rhyme city where the humans and the Pokemon are kind of interacting. Snorlax is just sitting yeah. in the yeah. middle of the street yeah. and it's I amazing. I just need to know if that street's named Route 100. We can't see any street signs, but like I need to know. And also if someone doesn't show up with a pokey flute and try to like charm Snorlax up off that street... What's the Missed point? Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity, and what's the point? I feel like this movie is going to be wall-to-wall Easter eggs. For oh, Pokemon absolutely. Like just stuff like you're describing. Um, the thing I got to say about it, Uh-oh. though, is... Oh, no, I don't like that. Let's get it up. It's very, it has a very pessimistic tone. You have a very... It's a tone. Whoa, okay. I was just going to talk about <laughs> real talk, about things that are happening. I mean, we have some... I mean, this movie is creating quite a debate in the comic book offices like mm. we're already it's on twitter it's on record producer jim viscardi kind of took oh, all our predictions mm-hmm. we had a big office debate about you know amongst every, uh, all the things we yell at each other about in this office mm-hmm. how much money yeah. will detective pikachu kind of make in its theatrical run and this is just kind of a conversation that's just a base about our expectations of what is going to happen with this franchise mm-hmm. when this movie comes. Um, my pick was Jim Viscardi, producer Jim Viscardi says $2 billion, which kind of kicked off this whole crazy betting mm. rundown. I'm leaning more towards the $1.3 billion mm-hmm. Oh, you're lower, yeah. Yeah, I'm lower. I'm 1.4. I mean, it, but, like, when do we start pretending that $1.3 billion for a movie was like something to sneeze yeah. at? But I thought, I think I, I think we, I think a lot of us overshot because mm-hmm. what you, what's yours? went we just, $2 billion, we went. $1.4. And what's yours? Now, see, I was having surgery when this debate happened. Okay. <laughs> so this is, you know, I saw it on Twitter and I was like, mm, okay. Yes, okay, well, now let's make, I mean, Queen now, of Anime, you're I mean, on, Queen you're on the comic anime. book nation. Let's, let's yes, hear your official yes. prediction. You know, I'm honestly, I'm thinking probably closer to Kofi's estimate. You know, we were between like 1.25 and like 1.3 sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I think definitely this has the franchise opportunity that Warner Brothers would love to get its yeah. hands on. Um, Pokemon obviously has a massive fan base, not just in America, but I mean, globally, it is still such a massive program. Japan, I mean, Pikachu is one of the cultural mascots for the 2020 Tokyo Olympics with Goku and Sailor Moon. I mean, this character, this franchise is very much still a very prevalent thing. Um, It's just going to crush. As soon as it gets to China and it gets overseas and Korea and all those, you know, broader areas, it's just going to bulldoze. Ironically, one of our biggest Pokemon people (laughs) was the lowest on the chart, which was Christian Hoffer saying it was going to be, oh, God. It was like, yeah, 
Was yeah. it 75? I mean, like, but like <laughs> 775 was Christian's number. Yeah. Covered, <laughs> like, who's been covering Pokemon yeah. for us for years it's now. It's so like, yeah. low compared to all of ours. Okay, yeah, but mm-hmm. that's the thing. Like, me, Megan, Christian, like, we are giving predictions of a very successful franchise starter. Mm-hmm. The Jim Vizcardis and Brandon Davis <laughs> are just taking the money that, like, a highly anticipated sequel makes, and it's just like, no, Pokemon's going to do this. Like, $2 billion. Like, that's like that's if Pokemon, Pokemon if Detective Pikachu <laughs> does two million, Marvel just should just fold it up and just be like, man, all right, like it's we're a good ten years, ten years, and we had to if do that an happens, Infinity War to do if that, that. Happens Marvel Studios just needs to decide how they can adapt Dragon Ball Z <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to exactly. a live action or series. bring Dark Honk in because that will solve. St- all just keep to keep your Dark <laughs> Honk. We <laughs> want to be a successful <laughs> podcast. <laughs> if you want to go sit in the basement and do your Dark Hawk podcast with you and your hundred subscribers, you know, like you. Want to know what's great about? Hey, don't don't hate on my channel. No, I just gave you a very generous size of a Darkhawk podcast. Fans of Darkhawk.com, go there. Um, I was being generous. I don't think that's actually a real site, so don't go there. Uh, (laughs) You don't know what you'll find. But (laughs) (laughs) what I will say, uh, back to Pokemon, is that you know something. I see Pokemon, and I think of when my mom first discovered Pokemon and associated Mm -hmm. me with one. And said, oh, my God, you know what Pokemon are? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh, I saw one and I thought of you. And then she sent me a picture of a Snorlax. And I went, do you understand how, like, this is, like, insulting, right? Because what does a Snorlax do? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, but he's so cute. And so now forever, I am literally the the Pokemon that sits there, falls asleep, and has to be, like, played music. To get up again. Well, I think you just Liam Neeson's yourself by telling the I did public tell that story. <laughs> I tell, I tell you just earn your name like a nickname Snorlax. Snorlax. But yeah, here's the thing: he's sort of become my favorite because of that, mm-hmm. and so I like I now adore Snorlax. There I mean, you if you have to pick a favorite, also, I mean, there's been the conversations online of like how these live action Pokemon look versus their anime counterparts or their even in game counterparts. Snorlax is definitely one of the actual like Detective Pikachu like mock ups of a live action Pokemon that I'm like. That is way more adorable than anything yeah. the anime could have come up with. It's just so fluff. Like, it is a fluff ball. It yeah. I mean, it's so, it's yeah. just... I mean, I think the technically this movie looks great. Uh, and, yeah, I'm just gonna... I'm just a little bit more hesitant than some about, you know, getting... I mean, how much appeal it has. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. $1.3 billion is a lot of appeal. It's That's you really servicing your fan base, your core fan base, and having them come back repeat times, and attracting attracting a sizable yeah. new mm-hmm. audience. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it can definitely happen. As you said, I mean, we all started here like in this wave of, you know, con- new comic book phase when Pokemon Go really was hitting. And I just remember mm-hmm. how crazy that whole thing was when it mm-hmm. initially happened. So like, yeah, the potential's there, but um, I'm going to be interested to see. But this was a great trailer. I mean, if Yo, nothing else, absolutely. just to wrap it back up and bring it around. This was a great trailer. Yeah. yeah. Good sell for this movie. And I'm going to be really interested to see. I mean, we all are because we all talked a lot of trash and it's all on Twitter now. So mm-hmm. we're really interested to see how this movie does. Mm-hmm. All right. Moving right along, uh, Megan, I guess you can stay since you've been here. I'm just kidding. Hey, we love wow. to have you. Hey, we're about to talk Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. we are. So you yeah. can stay. Wow. Oh, I got Ooh, don't do that to, to me. Don't do that to me. Don't oh. put me under the bus like that. Um, yes. <laughs> we will be keeping our uh, female pundit for this Captain Marvel discussion. Oh. <laughs> I'm not going to Brandon Davis this whole thing. Let's do this. Uh, <laughs> boom, boom. Here boom. we go. Let's talk about 
A big controversy. Oh we don't. We usually try every to stick time. to topics, you know, about you know shows, movies, stuff like that. But every now and again, we got to break off and talk about larger things happening in the industry. And I think today is one of them. So we have. I mean, you didn't think we could cook up a new controversy in uh, film circles, but here we've we've managed to do it. Mm-hmm. And the latest one has to do with something called review bombing. And review bombing, if you don't know or unaware, is basically when now people are going to. Um, some of those popular aggregate review sites that we're not going to mention because they're competitors and we don't get paid <laughs> by them. But you know who they are and you know what they are. And um, they let audience members rate movies. Mm-hmm. And they've been doing this and they let them rate it. And some of them do like anticipation for movies and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But there's been this increasing trend online where either it's on social media or now at these aggregate sites where people go in and purposefully sabotage review scores. They yeah. leave negative re- – I mean, I don't think it happens that much in the positive. I mean, No, and they've been doing does, it on – like, you know, they've been doing it yeah. on other sites yeah. forever as yeah. far as products. They'll go yeah. and give bad yeah. reviews. Yeah. I mean, it happens yeah. on everything, on yeah. Amazon, on Yelp for places, like mm-hmm. – yeah. yeah, on anything. And they go in for movie scores and they just are bon- or trying to tank certain movies, usually for sociopolitical reasons – Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, and the two examples we're talking about today are, of course, Marvel's Captain Marvel movie and Star Wars Episode Nine. Um, and yeah, both of these have seen reviewers going in and trying to create these negative first impressions by creating these low review scores, audience review scores. And it really, prom- I mean, it got so bad that it's prompted an entire discussion about how this is going down, why this is going down. And now some of these sites are taking corrective measures as we're reporting today. Uh, the whole audience review score is kind of getting retooled so that it, it can't be done before a movie is out, which I never understood that. Like trying to gauge because, anticipation yeah. and yeah. all that stuff. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that around here since we do have anticipation meters. But, uh, yeah, for, like, big sites letting just, like, the wild internet come in and do yeah. this always seemed like a bad idea. And now it's turned out to be. But I wanted to talk about review bombing because, I mean, I'm, of course, I want to get you guys' thoughts on this. But also it, it raises kind of the larger point that we've been coming back to for the last few years, which is this whole aggregate system of reviewing stuff and reviewing movies and TV shows. I personally, I'm not a fan. Um, I went to film school. I was a, you know, I've been a film critic for about 10 years. I've, like, one of those heady film critics that spends a lot of time actually writing reviews and really struggling with these things. And, I mean, I'm one of those people, if you must know, who's like a purist who doesn't want to put a score at the end. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. because I said, I just put three hours and a thousand words into this and a bunch of thoughts that I had to get out, clean up for you, like just read it and, you know, take a chance and just read the piece, come with me and, you know, let's go through this together. I don't want you to be able to just scroll down and see A, B, C or something like that. Mm. And I'm not a fan of big review aggregates. I mean, I accept them as a reality Yeah. because I tried to fight that tide and I lost horribly um, (laughs) many years ago. So, I mean, I actually tried to, you know, fight against this. And like I said, I lost. So this is where we're at. But I mean, yeah, this is the kind of dark side of it is now people – just getting so angry, uh, these keyboard warriors about a movie because it stars a girl or they didn't like the last one and they don't know if they're going to like this one and they just want to hurt the franchise. 
And that's, like you said, that's never changed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the problem has become our reliance on these things. Like mm -hmm. now having a certain score at a certain site is a legitimate marketing goal of a movie. And it actually does affect the box office and interest and things like that. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Yes. Because as we've That's seen bad. with Black Panther was also the target of one of these and it didn't seem to hurt it there. No, because mm -hmm. I think <laughs> but in that case, I think this was that was unique because there was a community behind that film that was overwhelmingly bigger and more passionate in its positivity than the peop than the haters were in their negativity. Mm -hmm. Like you can leave a bad point, review yeah. store, but you can't stop a kid from going to see Black Panther three times like he did. Yeah. Yeah. I hope that's like, the case yeah. with Captain Marvel being yeah. the discussing about. it and putting it up and yeah. celebrating it online. Like we saw, I mean, the celebration and just the utter zeitgeist created from that I film was But nuts. I think Captain Marvel has had some of the same issues that Black Panther had in the fact that some of the issues people are a certain pocket of idiots are taking <laughs> is that uh, anything with uh, when someone takes a stand for people of color, gender, all of a sudden they become a target. They don't yeah. like them. And then, and then you get all the, you know, all the, I'm trying not to cuss. <laughs> you try, you try and get a bunch of stuff. You get all the SJW mess and you get all the, you know, they're politicizing a movie. And that has really stirred the Captain mm -hmm. Marvel thing. It's less about, I see those, the like, movie looks boring, but it's more about a political stance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the same way, though, Black Panther had the, well, they're building this up because it's, you know, th this isn't a movie for everybody else. It's only a movie for, you know, African-Americans. There was that on, on. Oh, yeah. But it ended up not really mattering in the end, even no. though they had the same thing. So I hope we've seen that uh, that can be overcome. Mm -hmm. So I hope the same is for this. I am happy that they're actually starting to make some changes. Yeah. It's been needed for years. Oh, yeah. And um, I, I think one issue is also the echo chamber effect you get with these aggregate sites and also social media. Because, you know, when I talk to, you know, believe it or not, there are some people our age who don't live on Twitter or Facebook. What? I know. <laughs> like, whoa. But, like, when I talk with them or any of them, they are so excited to see Captain Marvel or like all they do is ask me about like Star Wars theories and like what I think. And then when I tell them about this, they're just so confused. Like they have no understanding. But since, you know, people who are so invested in these stories and these franchises, you know, invest heavily in accounts and follow, I think the echo chamber effect does kind of breed um, that, you know, level of intensity that these review bombers are getting, um, which is also something to be discussed and to kind of keep in mind when you're trying to face the issues, which are very real, but also how loud are they in real life? I just worry about me in all this. To uh, make it egotistical, I just worry about me in all this. I feel like it's making me cynical. Like, I feel like we're running out of fandom left that's not toxic. Like, we're, I mean... Yeah. But it's always been that it's, way. It's always been a little... It, they just, they now all have, you know, more than dial-up. Like, that's it's yeah. just, that's <laughs> how it has always been that way. They just didn't have an outlet, right? And it's, and now they do. 
And now they have their own website. Now they've or- <laughs> and organized and they have plans. And they lead yeah. followers. Oh, and it's they it's have, just, yeah. They have GoFundMe. Yeah, they have resources. Oh, my God. There's yeah. so much to do outside, guys. Like, the whole world <laughs> As for the, there. I, did, I personally always dislike the, and and this has been going on in the gaming industry as oh, well. Yeah. For, oh, yeah. Forever, right? Let's um, not even open that coffee. Yeah, right? That like, a- Mass Effect being, you know, that whole studio being told, hey, make a new ending because this ending, I don't like it. Like, mm-hmm. it's that type of entitlement mm-hmm. that you know breathes this um star wars has been the same way mm-hmm. it's because it wasn't your it wasn't your thing evidently which means you have to go raise money to have them redo the movie right that whole stupid campaign mm-hmm. um i i don't understand that i guess like i don't understand just saying oh that's not for me and moving on. i don't i don't understand the mentality but Mm-hmm. Do you think these changes that are being made, like keeping audiences from reviewing things before they come out, do you think that's going to have a heavy impact on on this whole practice? Because doesn't it make it a lot less effective if they just have to go on Twitter and just be, you know, bitching and moaning on Twitter about stuff like, yeah. like the old days and just not able to kind of – because the whole thing about this whole review bombing thing is, is it can fool people. Yeah. Is is the sneaky tactic? Mm-hmm. You don't look at this and know it's just trolls. You see a number, yeah. And the way this whole system is trained is people just—it's like I see number, I have feelings mm-hmm. about number, and that's what they're using to kind of fool people. So you take that away, yeah. And you actually have to see an entire thread of people just complaining or saying crazy stuff. Like it's a different effect. I, yeah. I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it decreases the visibility and for the casual fans it definitely will help this for a certain subsect of moviegoers you know the casual fans the people who aren't involved in this conversation even you know it all are just casually I mean those are the people who will benefit from it but for the people in the fandom who are really invested in unfortunately the people who are probably going to be most upset or swayed emotionally by these kind of debacles as they come up um, I think it might potentially make it worse just for the backlash of the people who are, you know, doing the review bombing. They're going to just probably try to come back with a vengeance on certain methods or certain websites. And that pushback is going to be an interesting one to kind of navigate, I think. To clean up what I'm saying, I think I was saying what we're taking away essentially is their ability to make headlines because... Oh, yeah. Those headlines will go away. Those headlines will go away and it'll just go back to the darkness of the internet and those who dare to... Yeah, but they've got taste. (laughs) Because, I mean, this is was the whole thing about this that was different. They're making headlines. Yeah. 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 And like real headlines and real trades and outlets picking it up because, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's kick the trolls back under the bridge, I guess. And that's a good place to uh, end it all today. (laughs) So that's it. And I realize now that I uh, failed at my job to introduce where you can listen to Comic Book Nation. You can find us. You can find new episodes on posts on the site every week. You can also find a link to our RSS feed where you can subscribe. You can subscribe on Stitcher, Spotify, or iTunes, but not Amazon. I'm sorry, Matt. We're on iHeartRadio now, though, too, aren't we? We're on iHeartRadio? Hey, buddy. Oh, iHeartRadio. One step closer to Amazon Music. Oh, man. <laughs> Come on. Oh, man. I know, I don't know, I know if that's, that's ever been said. That's his goal. Also, that's his goal. true to our word, we are looking for people oh. to leave reviews because we have said we would pick a review, read it on air, and the person who left that review would get some comicbook.com swag. Are you going to read the review? Yes. And we Ooh. have a review today. Can I do a sound? Is it going to be like a solid yes, dramatic reading? I'm so ba, 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 excited. Ba, 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 
Uh, oh, man. We are not going to get reviews. <laughs> but this review is left by somebody named The White Mamba in reference to, Yeah, I kind of love that Kobe Bryant. Yeah. Well, oh, I guess it's Kobe Bryant. I was thinking more like Kill Bill. Uh, <laughs> either way. Very different. Kobe yeah. Bryant. <laughs> very different. I will never rep Kobe Bryant for personal reasons that we will get to in a later episode. Oh, wow. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Stay tuned. Nice tease there. Yeah. And the White Mamba said, and the title of this review is, Best Comic Book Podcast Yet Five Stars. This podcast is incredible. I've been searching for a great podcast that, detail, that deals with all aspects of comics, from DC to Marvel to anime, etc. Megan, shout out. I listen to the episodes when I'm at work. It keeps me informed on everything going on. Not to mention you guys are hilarious. Not only do you guys talk about the general aspects of things, but you go in-depth with your own theories. I can't wait to see this podcast, podcast evolve and grow. I have my notifications on solely for that podcast for this podcast, so I know when we have a new episode to watch. Look forward to all the upcoming content you guys share. White Mamba, thank you. It's White Mamba mm. six three one. Apparently, very nice. So you this know is what? the six hundred thirty first White Mamba. But thank you, White Mamba, <laughs> yeah. for that review. We appreciate it, and yeah. I mean, they can tell you, this is the only thing that keeps me going sometimes. So thank you and uh, leave some more. Um, <laughs> that review gets five out of five from me. Yeah, five oh, out of five. Boom. Review over review. Yeah, five yeah, out of five. Five out of five. Well so said. if you are a fan and you want to possibly get yourself some comic book swag, be sure to go online somewhere like iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and, or iHeartRadio and leave us a review. That'll do it for this week's episode of Comic Book Nation Podcast. If you want to continue the discussion, you can always find us online at the hashtag Comic Book Nation. You can reach me, Kofi Outlaw, at Kofi Outlaw, K-O-F-I-O-U-T-L-A-W. You can hit me up at Matt Mueller CB. I'm also on Twitter at Megan Peters CB. Look at us. We Uniform, might. yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cool. You guys, you can't, if you can't see this, they're wearing almost matching outfits. <laughs> and get they it's have shiny. almost matching Twitter handles. You guys, I mean, you guys are cute. I mean, that Power Rangers anime connection is strong here. Mm. All right. Thank you for riding with us. We will be back in future episodes. The journey will continue for now. This is Comic Book Nation signing off. Deuce. Yeah.